Welcome to Coach Aria's podcast, Coach to Lead. Hello and welcome to Coach Aria's podcast. I'm Magda Walczak, Coach Aria's CEO. As many of you know, ICF updated its core coaching competencies from the 11 currently in use to 8. ICF will roll out the new model over the next year. We expect PCC markers in January and a new coaching assessment early in 2021. We thought it would be useful to give you an overview of the new competencies, so I sat down with Ram Ramanathan, Kocharya's founder, and asked him to explain each competency one by one. You'll find a link to read and download the new competencies in your show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast. Thank you for your support. Here's Ram. ICF released uh, a new set of competencies uh, on the 14th of November. It was actually shared about a month earlier with all the trainers across the world. And this was the first time that ICF has really made a major revision and updating of the competencies which were originally formulated nearly 25 years ago. Uh, Sometime around 2016, Uh, What ICF did was to take the original 11 competencies, as they were then originally formulated, into nine competency sets and devised what was called the PCC markers, which made a significant impact on the way assessments were being carried out. So this was a significant watershed moment in the ICF uh, framework in terms of quality management. So assessment became a lot more granular and a lot more statistically driven. Since then, uh, at least for about two years now, ICF has been engaging not only just the experts within the group which normally deals with these things, but coaches from across the world as well as some of the non-coaches as well, uh, through various surveys, meetings, and so on, to develop a new framework of competencies, probably for over two years. And this now comprises eight competencies, which are somewhat different from the original 11 and the nine that were made for the PCC markers. And this was what was unveiled uh, on officially uh, to everybody in the ICF world on the 14th of November. The significant changes here, and we can go into details later. Earlier in 11 competencies, ethics was a first competency. And after that, there was something called a grouping of foundation, which consisted of uh, agreement. Uh, And then there was something called the building of relationships, which was about trust and intimacy and presence. And there was communication, which was listening, questioning, and direct communication. And there was a competency of awareness. And then there was a competency of action, planning, and accountability. So these were the 11. Um, now ICF has made many significant changes. They have grouped them in four major uh, groupings. The first one is foundation, which combines ethics and something new that has been added that's called the coaching mindset. And then the second grouping is co-creating relationships under which there is agreement, there is trust and safety, and presence. These are the two individual competencies which are coming up here. And then there is communication under which there are two competencies, listening and awareness. And finally, there's a last competency, 
the fourth grouping called learning and growth under which client growth is replacing what used to be called action. So this is a broad framework shift that has happened now, and we can go into details of each of these uh, as have been described by ICF. Competency one, demonstrates ethical practice. This competency was earlier just called ethical practice, uh, and now it's demonstrating ethical practice. And it's about the standards of ethics that ICO would like every single coach uh, who is part of ICF, either as a member, as a credential holder, to understand and consistently apply that to the kind of practice that they have. So there are seven individual competencies, sub-competencies within the framework of ethics. In the earlier competencies, ICF was far more specific about confidentiality. That is still one of the major elements of it, but there are a number of others which have come up now, which actually expand the ethical behavior of coaches, not just to the client, but also to sponsors and all the stakeholders. So the very first competency, sub-competency that is under ethics is demonstrating personal integrity and honesty in the client's uh, sponsors and stakeholder interaction with the coach. Another major shift that ICF has uh, made now is bringing in a total culture of diversity and therefore the inclusion of that. The second competency is about being sensitive to the client's identity, environment, experiences, and value systems and beliefs. And this is followed by using languages which are appropriate and respectful to clients, sponsors, and relevant stakeholders. So if you actually see each one of this is not just about the client alone, but the client as well as the sponsors, as well as the stakeholders who are involved. So it's a much more systemic viewpoint that ICF is taking at this point in time. And then it is followed by um, maintaining confidentiality with client information based on the agreements that the coach has with the stakeholders and with the pertinent laws uh, of the location, the country, and so on. And a general uh, competency about that every coach uh, agrees to abide by the ICF code of ethics and uphold the core values that ICF stands for, that they make a distinction between different forms of interactions which might be prevalent other than coaching in a corporate setting, such as consulting, psychotherapy, and other support provisions, such as counseling, for example, and how coaching is different and distinct. And finally, if the client finds, if the coach finds that they are not able to support the client uh, in these extended areas, that they will refer them to other support professionals. What I like to leave at this point in time, um, our own coaches with is that uh, the whole framework in, in some way, not only just the ethics, but throughout, is today much more systemic in nature. It's also encompassing a larger cultural background where the client comes from. And at the same time, sort of following whatever has been laid out in a typical Carl Rogers philosophy of client-centric uh, coaching, which is about being congruent, being empathetic, and having unconditional positive regard to the client. Competency two, embodies a coaching mindset. Sure. Yeah, this is a new competency. It wasn't there before. 
Um, the competency essentially says it, it's about coach embodying a coaching mindset. As I already said, the coaching mindset is in the Rogerian client-centric tradition, but it's also creating self-awareness, which Rogers puts as the coach's presence and congruence in terms of a coach-client relationship. And ICF defines this embodying coaching mindset as developing and maintaining uh, a coach's mindset that is open, curious, flexible, and client-centered. The last one, pretty straightforward reference to the client-centered philosophy or the humanist philosophy of Carl Rogers. The first subcompetency under this is the assumption that clients are responsible for their own choices. So we need to have unconditional positive regard for the choices that the client make and the coach's agenda should not at all interfere in the coaching process. Coach engages in ongoing learning and development for the coach's own benefit. So continuous professional development has been now defined very, very clearly as a competency that ICA would expect the coaches to engage in. The third competency is about reflective practice to enhance coaching, which is ongoing and which in a sense emphasizes the fact that coaches for all practical purposes may have to either mentally or otherwise journal what they have done, think about it, reflect about it and help themselves improve upon what they are doing uh, in terms of their own practice. The fourth subcompetency is for the coach to be aware and open to the influence of the context and the culture on the coach, coach's own self, he or she, and other people around. So this again is an extremely important factor which ICF has not included, which uh, enhances in many ways the self-awareness and influences the emotional intelligence of the coach or enhances the emotional intelligence of the coach. The fifth subcompetency is uses the coach's own awareness, the self-awareness and intuition to benefit the client, which implies that the coach needs to be sharing what the coach senses within the coach. And this is perfectly okay because generally many clients uh, actually are inspired and influenced if something very authentic comes from the coach. And often the coaches have held this back, believing that it's not the right thing to do for them to share what they sense within themselves, their own awareness and intuition to the client. The important thing to be aware here is it should be completely be non-judgmental, unbiased, and what in coach area we call as mindless. The sixth competency is for the coach to develop and maintain the ability to regulate emotions. Extremely important uh, in the emotional uh, intelligence model of Daniel Goldman and other people. The first part is about being aware of what, what one's emotions are and how does one manage one's emotions. And then in turn, be able to apply it socially in terms of trying to understand the emotions of other people and then to inspire and influence them in terms of what their emotional responses are. The seventh subcompetency is about the coach being centered, preparing himself or herself mentally and emotionally to start the session. 
it doesn't have to be a cognitive preparation of what the client is going to come up with and what needs to happen because coaching is a journey of completely not knowing. So it is absolutely pointless to create an agenda within the coach's mind. This is how I'm going to deal with it. These are the tools and techniques I'm going to apply and so on and so forth. The coach should be completely be free of that. But it's extremely important that coach is an emotional and I would call it as a spiritual state where the coach centers himself or herself and stay in that space of total unconditional positive regard for the client. And finally, the coach's own mindset should be that of a learner and also being vulnerable that if I, as a coach, for whatever reason, I find it difficult to handle the client, I'm not able to provide uh, what the client needs rather than calling the client uncoachable as a coach looks for help from outside and moves forward uh, in terms of making sure the client is ultimately served because that is what is extremely important. And I do not believe that there is any client anywhere who's uncoachable. I only believe that sometimes coaches are unclientable, that they are not able to deal with the clients as the client needs to be dealt with from a spirit of unconditional positive regard, congruence and empathy. Competency three establishes and maintains agreements. Uh, establishing and maintains agreement, the wording is slightly different from what it was earlier. It was most, more about establishing the agreement. Now it's also about sustaining the agreement, maintaining the agreement. And the very important difference that ICF has brought about now is to talk about the journey of coaching itself in terms of agreement, rather than just a session that earlier was addressed. So it's very significantly different. So it's about starting a partnering relationship with the client, as well as the stakeholders of the client, to create very clear agreement about what the coaching relationship should be about, what should be the processes and plans and goals, and also establishing agreement for the overall coaching journey, as well as for each session. So of course, these are going to be different and therefore there's one half of it, which is about the total journey. And there's a part of it, the uh, second half, which is more about the individual session. So the first thing ICF would like the coach to do, to explain to the client and the stakeholders what coaching is and what coaching is not and describe the process and make it completely transparent and open to the client as well as the stakeholders, because very often they may have completely different understandings about what coaching is. They may not understand the difference between mentoring and coaching or consulting and coaching or counseling and coaching. And it's extremely important to do this. The second competency is about reaching an agreement as what is appropriate in a relationship and what is not. I mean, some of it may be very obvious to us, but sometimes it all depends on local legal constraints in terms of what practices you can embody in coaching, for example maybe some of the psychological therapy work, which might be common uh, for some people who have a psychology background coming into coaching, would not be appropriate and would not even be legal in many coaching situations. And that needs to be very clearly established. And therefore, based on that, what is being offered and what's not being offered, and what are the roles and the responsibilities of the client, the coach, and also the stakeholders of the client. The third competency, sub-competency, is reaching an agreement about the guidelines and the parameters of the 
coaching relationship. Mostly the commercial factors, which are about logistics, the fees, scheduling, how long the coaching would be, how will it get terminated, and even what happens if the client does not turn up for a session. Would he have or she have to pay the fees or uh, is there an advance notice period that can be put in there? What about the confidentiality? How much information can be shared about the, the coaching journey and the coaching conversation um, with other people? And several other factors which may come up in that. Of course, one factor that we all need to understand as coaches is nothing that happens within a coaching session can ever be uh, conveyed to anybody else without the permission of the client. And it could be a good practice that even if such a thing needs to happen in an executive relationship and executive coaching context, it's much better that the client conveys that what happens according to the comfort level and the need for it rather than the coach saying anything about what happens within the session. The fourth sub-competency is about the coach partnering with the client and the stakeholders to establish the total goal uh, and the plan for the coaching journey. So one of the things I just want to clarify here, the word stakeholder for many people may not be that clear. The stakeholder could be the supervisor of the client. Uh, it, he, the stakeholders could be part of the team that the client is working with. Sometimes the stakeholders could be even a broader group of people, a team of people who may in one way or another be either impacted by the coaching journey or who could impact beneficially the client's journey during the coaching. So it could differ from situation to situation and it's extremely important to define those stakeholders who could be very meaningful in terms of supporting the client during this journey. The fifth sub-competency is that there should be a meeting first with the client as well as a coach and sometimes with the stakeholders to determine the compatibility. The, the coach with the client and, and the sponsoring group and the stakeholders and so on. And that is why usually this first meeting that we normally as coaches have with a client, which uh, may not be chargeable in most cases, is called a chemistry meeting to establish this compatibility or the chemistry between the coach, client, as well as the stakeholders. And we then move into what happens within the session mostly. So the first sub-competency here is the coach partnering with a client to identify and or reconfirm what they want to accomplish in that session. This is extremely important. Many times in our training sessions, we talk about this, that the, what needs to be accomplished in the session has to be something granular that needs to happen within the session. For instance, if the client says, I want to lose weight, it's not going to happen in that session. So the coach and the client would need to specifically agree on what is it that needs to happen in that session in order for that outcome that the client desires, which may be over a number of sessions or outside of the coaching itself. The next sub-competency is that what is it that the client needs to address or resolve to achieve what they want to accomplish in the session? What may potentially be blocking them there might be some limiting beliefs. The client usually comes to the coach in a disempowered situation. And the coach's job is to help the client become aware what is it that is disempowering the client. And that is what is in this subcompetency in terms of what needs to be addressed 
and what needs to be resolved. And uh, very often, these are internal factors of the client that happens in a coaching relationship. The next competency, sub-competency, is about partnering with the client for the coach to define and or reconfirm the measures of success. How, how would the coach and the client together evidence that they have reached a point where that is what the client wants to accomplish in the coaching engagement or in that individual session? Here we are talking about more about the session. How does it happen? And of course, that can be extended into the larger engagement as well. Have I reached this point where it's been completely in fulfillment of what I want? And therefore, for example, even if you have looked at uh, 12 session engagement. If the client reaches it in nine sessions, the coach is so good, the coach should be willing at that point in time to say, hey, it looks like that we have reached where we want to. Do you still want to continue or not? And that shows how effective and client-centric the coach is. The next sub-competency is about for the coach to partner with the client to manage the time and focus of the session. This is a new sub-competency which has been introduced by ICF. It's extremely important. Because very often, um, time becomes an extremely important factor. So are we really utilizing it properly? Sometimes the coach may need to challenge the client in terms of, okay, what you're sharing with me, the drama that is going on in your mind that you're sharing with me, how important is it for you to address the particular outcome that you really uh, would like to reach, uh, the limiting beliefs that you're trying to address, and so on to bring the client in focus and in line with the time plan that they have together. The next sub-competency is to continue the coaching in the direction of what the client wants, unless the client says that I would like to do something else, in which case the coach has to go all over again to establish why it is important, why it is, uh, how would the client evidence this and so on. And the coach does not, by himself or herself, introduce anything which is part of the coach's agenda in influencing the client to change direction. This is the best thing for you, and I would like you to look at this rather than this. It's a complete no-no in a coaching conversation. Finally, uh, this again is a new sub-competency, partnering with a client to end the coaching relationship in a way that honors the experience. It's a beautiful wording that we respect the client, we acknowledge and appreciate the work that the client has done, so the agreement should be always in the spirit of in what way can I be of value and how can I be beneficial to the client in unconditional positive regard. Competency four, cultivates trust and safety. Yeah, cultivating trust and safety. There's a very, very important uh, shift that ICF has made here. Earlier it used to be called trust and intimacy and the word safety has been introduced. And safety here is not really about the physical safety, it's about the psychological safety. And it's been very well established now through various studies, including the great work that Google did with Project Aristotle, that psychological safety is one of the most important factors in individuals and teams working together. So the way ICF defines it now, this particular competency is the coach partners with the client to create a psychologically safe and supporting environment which allows the client to express and expand, share freely, and develop a relationship which is of mutual respect and trust and builds confidence in the client to be able to move forward. So the first competency here is seeking to understand the client within their context, which is about the culture, the 
identity, the personality, the environment, value systems and beliefs, experiences, looking at the client in totality of where the client is coming from, where the context of their content is coming from. That's extremely important. Second is demonstrating respect for all these factors, where the client is coming from, irrespective of how diverse they are, respecting that diversity and including that person in terms of the larger mindset of the coach is the most important factor in terms of this particular competency. It's about respecting the client's identity, the value systems and beliefs, the perceptions, maybe the style, language. And though it's not mentioned here, I would say even what the client wears and how the client moves about. Very often, uh, the coach may not be in sync with the way the body language of the client or the, the way the client speaks and so on and so forth. Can the coach adapt and respect? That is extremely important. The third sub-competency is about the coach acknowledging and respecting the unique strengths and talents of the client, the insight and whatever is coming up during the coaching process. Constantly appreciating the client, supporting the client, acknowledging the client, helping the client moving forward. The next competency is about expressing support, empathy, and concern for the client, which is a typical Rogerian concept of empathy and unconditional positive regard, which builds the psychological safety. The fifth sub-competency here is acknowledging and supporting the client's expression of feelings, perceptions, concerns, beliefs, and suggestions in terms of the emotions, not only just the words and the language, but much more in terms of the feelings and perceptions as well. And finally, the last sub-competency is about demonstrating openness and transparency as a way to display vulnerability and building trust with the client. This is extremely important. The coach's ability to be vulnerable, maybe to say sometimes, I do not know if the client is stuck, I'm also stuck. Okay, let's work together to try and see how we can move forward. And that expression of vulnerability is a tremendous expression of courage on the part of the coach and which builds the trust as well as the psychological safety in the coaching conversation. Competency five, maintains presence. Yeah, maintaining presence, um, though it's one with probably less number of sub-competencies is, as we build mastery in coaching, probably is the most important competency that uh, a coach needs to develop, not only just maintain, but master. In Coach Area, we generally say that coaching presence is about the coach being absent. The absence is referring to the ego of the coach, the judgment of the coach, the bias of the coach. And many of these have been already expressed in the competencies on agreement and trust as well. And here the definition of presence in the ICF terminology is being fully conscious and being present with the client, partnering the client, employing a style that is open, flexible, grounded and confident, and also curious, not knowing, so these are all factors which create that presence or charisma or whatever word that you want to use, which allows the client to feel totally comfortable uh, with the coach and able to partner in the journey. The first sub-competency here is for the coach to remain focused, observant, empathetic, and responsive to the client, to the needs of the client how the client wants to move forward, 
this should be the only focus of the client. In a way, uh, we often tell our learners that move everything else out of your frame. It's almost as if, if you are uh, familiar with photography, that you are going into a low aperture mode, that everything except the client is completely out of focus. All that you see is just the client, and then move forward with that. The second sub-competency is curiosity in the coaching process. Everything that arises there is about not knowing, curiously asking a question, almost in a childlike fashion. Okay, why is this? And moving forward with that inquiry. The third sub-competency is about managing emotions to so stay present with the client, which is again about the emotional intelligence we talked about earlier. The fourth sub-competency is demonstrating confidence in working with strong silent, uh, client emotions during the coaching process. The coaching process is not a cognitive process. It's a very emotive process for the simple reason that thoughts and words may often not quite sort of reveal what the client is feeling. Cognitively, the client should may be able to say something very different from what's really happening within. Whereas it's much more difficult to be able to hide emotions and body language. So the coach's ability to work with that, at the same time be comfortable working with that in terms of the emotions and the body language of the client, the sensations of the body, the movements of the body is extremely important in a coaching conversation. The fifth sub-competency is the coach being comfortable, as we already said, working in a space of not knowing. The coach is working without a compass, almost work moving through darkness, and still the coach should be comfortable. And this is especially almost as if everything that is happening is constantly changing, the coach is being adaptable, flexible, and so on. And finally, the last competency in this particular grouping of presence is for the coach to create and allow the space for silence, pausing, and for reflection. And very often coaches do not fully uh, put sufficient emphasis on this particular point. Normally we advise uh, learners to pause at least for a few seconds when, when uh, the client stops speaking before they start saying something. It may be that the client wants to add something you need to allow the client that period of time to be able to add something more if they wish and also provide them sufficient time if they would like to reflect on whatever is being said. So this moves into that uh, general expression that the coach speaks much less in a conversation than the client. Generally, it is talked about as 80-20 rule or a 70-30 rule, but the provision of silence and reflecting and pausing is extremely important in the coaching journey. Competency six, listens actively. This competency, listening actively, is coming under the broad grouping of communicating effectively. And earlier, there were other competencies of powerful questioning and direct communication. They are no longer there. Instead, this grouping has one more in terms of evoking awareness. Listening actively has always been, um, in, in fact, one of the most important critical parameters of coaching. Uh, ICF defines it as focusing on what the client is and not saying, what the client is saying and not saying, to fully understand is what is being communicated 
in the context of the totality of the client systems and to support the client's self-expression. There are some great masters who have defined um, listening in various different ways. Uh, one of the most recent and probably one of the, the best ways of defining it uh, that I know of is Otto Schammer's uh, definition of four levels of listening, where the first one is a judgmental listening about what we know, just to listen to confirm what we already know. The second one is being more curious, moving outside uh, that space of what we know, uh, inquiry. The third is about being empathetic, putting ourselves in the shoes of the other person and listening to that. And the fourth, which is extremely powerful, which is probably the first time I've heard this uh, word, generative listening, which is about for the coach to envision the client the way the client wants to be and to be able to listen to the client in that space. And that really is the most powerful and active listening that can be possible. And many of these competencies, we need to look at it from that context. The first one is about the coach considering the client's context, where the client is coming from, the identity, what's the personality of the client, the environment, the culture, what are the experiences that the clients have had, and what are the values and aspirations of the client, and what are the belief system, positive and negative, which may be blocking or encouraging the client to move in a particular direction in order to understand what the client is communicating. So it needs to be almost an energy level understanding, moving the communication to communion, and that would be the most active way of listening. The second sub-competency is to reflect and summarize what the client is communicating to ensure clarity understanding. This is sharing with the client what have I heard from you? Very empathetically, at the same time with no judgment whatsoever. And sometimes in addition, sharing with the client, okay, this is what is coming up for me. I just, would you like to know? If you want to take it, you take it. If you want to discard it, it's up to you. Totally non-judgmentally. The third sub-competency is to recognize and inquire when they feel, the client feels, the, the coach feels that there is something more that needs to happen maybe from the body language, maybe from the voice, maybe from the energetic shift, and inquire with the client. And that is expanded more in the next sub-competency, which says the coach notices and acknowledges and explores the client's emotions, energy shifts, non-verbal cues, and other behaviors. These two go together. Because very often, when we just stop with the words and ignore what the client is, how the client is communicating in terms of the voice or the energy, we are missing a lot. So with these two competencies, the coach, if the coach is really observing carefully the body language, the energy shifts, the emotions, et cetera, there's a lot more holistic information that could be gathered by the coach to move the client forward. The fifth sub-competency is about integrating the client's words, the tone of voice and the body language to determine the full meaning of what is being communicated. Again, this is an extension of the previous two that just don't stop with the words. There's a lot more in the communication than just the mere words. There's a lot of it which is coming from the voice, the movement of the voice, the movement of the body, and all these have to be put together holistically for the coach to be able to understand fully and to be able to share it back with the client. Hey, is this what is happening? I noticed that there is a difference between what you're saying and the way your body is moving or your tone of voice is. It seems to be losing energy while the words do not seem to quite 
denote that. So what's really happening out here? And these could be extremely powerful ways of how the exploration can take place. Finally, the last subcompetency here is for the coach to notice trends in the client's behaviors and emotions across sessions to discern themes and patterns. This is like connecting the dots, putting together various things that are happening independently. The coach is able to see, can he see the larger map in suggested territory that being traversed and how does it make a difference in building up a scenario that the client can be helped with and moving the client forward. Competency seven, evokes awareness. Uh, awareness was earlier there in more or less a similar fashion. And now it's, it's being linked along with communication, um, along with listening. And in many ways, uh, it's, it conveys more or less the same thing that it used to, but there were some fundamental differences um, uh, in terms of how the words have been used here. Uh, awareness is really a milestone in a, in a coaching conversation. Uh, in Kochara, we talk about a 3A model, which is about awareness, action, and anchoring. And in learning theory, there's this concept of moving from unconscious incompetence because of the conditioning and the limiting beliefs, which hold us back in terms of being aware of what our problems are, what our issues are, what our negatives are, weaknesses are through help with a coach, moving into a conscious incompetence where it is brought up to our conscious state. And that really is a point of awareness. And that awareness, unless that happens in a coaching conversation, there is very little possibility that the coach would be able to help the client move forward in terms of action, which then puts that new awareness insight into an action mode and from there to anchor that as a new habit, which need to follow from the awareness. So it's extremely critical. Here ICF defines awareness as a coach facilitating the client's insight and awareness and learning by using tools and techniques, such as powerful questioning, silence, metaphor, or analogy, all of them relating to communication, along with the listening that we have already talked about. The first subcompetency here is the coach considers client experience when deciding what might be most useful. What is the background? What is the context from where the client is coming from? The second subcompetency is the coach challenges a client as a way to evoke awareness or insight. Very often we believe that unconditional positive regard means that we have to agree with everything that the client says. Not so. If we find that there is a gap in terms of what the client is expressing, that you're not able to connect the dots, the coach can challenge the client. I see a discrepancy in terms of what you said before and what you're saying now, or perhaps in terms of the words that you use and the way your voice is or your body is moving. And these are ways of evoking awareness uh, in the client to create greater insights. The third subcompetency, the coach asks questions about the client, such as a way of thinking, their values, needs, wants, and beliefs. We can go far deeper into this at this point in time, we just about uh, want to mention this, that what the client is looking for in terms of an outcome is a representation of the aspirational value systems. And very often what blocks them are the limiting beliefs that they have. So these two need to be put together for the client to be aware 
that even though the client may have an aspirational value, there may be something within the client which sort of holds them back. And here, ICF is using words of needs and wants which have very powerful meaning. A want is a greed. It can continue forever without ever fulfilling you, whereas a need is something much more fundamental. And once you've achieved the need, you may be fulfilled. So is the outcome that the client is desiring, is it a want or a need? And this would make the client's own approach to that problem a lot simpler. The fourth subcompetency is about the coach asking questions that help the client to explore beyond current thinking. That's the only way the client can grow. Client can learn and grow. The whole of coaching is about nudging the client forward, continuously keep growing. It's never about going back into the past. Very often, this is one of the fundamental mistakes that we make in terms of getting very excited about what the client is sharing about the past, going more and more into details about that. And that's a role of a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or a therapist. It's not the role of a coach. The coach's job is, what do I do about moving the client forward towards the future that the client wants? And that needs to happen. And that is what this competency points out. The next subcompetency five says, coach inviting the client to share more about the experience in the moment. It's about the present moment, what is happening. Don't go into the past. Even if it's about a past experience, what is the, me what is the experience that they have in the present moment? It may be somatic in the body. It may be about the experiences that they are having in the being, which is ontological. So many of these can be experienced in the moment and they would have far more significance and value to the client in helping the client move forward. The next one is about noticing what is working to enhance the client progress. So as the client listens to the, uh, as the coach listens to the client and probably exploring with the client, constantly the coach should also monitor what is happening with the client. Is the client moving forward? Is the client stuck? And if the client is stuck, what do I need to do to be able to move the client forward? Including acknowledging, saying, hey, we are stuck. Can we look at other ways of uh, looking at this particular issue? Because at the end of the day, any coaching process is really a reframing process. There's a certain perception that the client is carrying that disempowers the client. And that is what is blocking the client from reaching the outcome that client is looking for. The coach's job is to help the client look at it from a different lens. And so if one lens doesn't work, the coach really has to help the client with another lens, continuously moving in different directions to be able to move the client forward. The next subcompetency is about adjusting the coaching approach in response to the client needs, something similar to what we already talked about. So constantly being aware of what is the client looking for at that moment and how do I help the client? So again, this is coming back to the empathy and unconditional positive regard. The eighth subcompetency under this competency grouping of awareness is helping the client identify factors that influence the current and the future patterns of behavior, thinking, or emotions. So this is about, if I move from here to that point, the client should be able to look at what needs to happen, what would happen, how would that mean something to me? So being aware of what the future holds in a way. The next subcompetencies is about inviting the client to generate ideas about how they can move forward or what they are willing to or able to do. It's actually about moving forward in terms of action. Now that you have these insights and the learning, 
what is it that you can do about moving forward? What are the ideas that are coming up for you? What needs to be done now in, in terms of thinking about the next step, actually? The next sub-competency 10 is about supporting the client in reframing perspectives. We already talked about it. The client comes from a disempowering background, mainly because of a certain perception which is holding them back without being able to reach the outcome that they want. So how does the coach help the client in terms of wearing another lens or multiple lenses to be able to reframe and move forward? Finally, the 11th sub-competency here is about sharing observations, insights, and feelings with no attachment, which have the potential to create new learning for the client. It's extremely important. We already talked about it, even in describing about presence and others, and even in listening. So one of the things that the coach needs to pretty often do is not only give back to the client what the client says, what the coach senses about what the client says, feels, etc., but at the same time, also convey to the client what is it that the coach is sensing, what is the coach feeling and thinking without a judgmental uh, bias, and then conveying it so that the client can move forward. In simple terms, you can call it as the ACT process, sensations, emotions, and thoughts, and to be able to explore with the client the ACT of the client as well as what is happening as sensation, emotions, and thoughts within the coach, and being able to put these together, convey to the client, would make a significant impact in creating insights and learning for the client to grow. Competency eight, facilitates client growth. Uh, this is the last grouping, which has just one competency, cultivating learning and growth. Uh, it's a nice way of reframing this particular uh, competency facilitating client growth instead of saying it's about action because the whole thing that uh, we are looking at as coaches is how do we help a client grow not only but just some specific action the client is taking at this point in time moving from the conscious incompetence to conscious competence but further into unconscious competence which is about anchoring whatever the client is doing develop new habits and therefore grow continuously. The client is able to sustain that growth without the need of the coach. That's extremely important. How can the, client, uh, the, the coach disengage or make himself or herself redundant after the coaching session is over? That would speak volumes about the capability of the coach. Here, ICF defines this particular competency of facilitating client growth as partnering with the client to transform learning and insight into action. To that, I would add anchoring, promoting client autonomy in the coaching process. The first sub-competency here is to, for the coach to work with the client to integrate new awareness, insight, or learning into their worldview and behaviors. So whatever has happened, how is a client going to be able to use it in real time in the current reality, the situation that the client is in for them to move forward, grow, and cope with whatever that they need to do to be able to uh, achieve the outcome that they are looking for. The second sub-competency is about partnering with a client to design goals, actions, and accountability measures that integrate and expand the new learning. So in terms of specificity, uh, what is it? All, the client has already talked about the outcomes that they want, and now they are aware of what needs to be done to go there. And so that can be broken down into the specificities of 
what are the specific goals that I would like to have to move to that final uh, desired outcome? What actions do I need to take to be able to get in there? And how would I make myself accountable to be able to move forward? Is that, do I need the support of a coach? Uh, and that is followed in the next sub-competency, acknowledging and supporting the client autonomy, the design of goals, actions, and the methods of accountability. And what is it the coach can support? Or maybe even in terms of other people, how they can support? How can the client be moved forward? And then the fourth sub-competency in this particular grouping is about the coach supporting the client in identifying potential results or learning from the identified action steps. So based on what the client is planning, what next can happen, and then how they move on from there into another step, another step, and so on, continuously moving forward in terms of furthering the outcome that they have already identified, which they have desired, and now they know that they can reach. And finally, uh, uh, moving from there into inviting the client to consider how exactly to move forward. How do you plan those actions? And what are those resources which are required? What are likely to block the client? How the client, where would the client get support from? Who are the people? It's almost as if looking at what to do, when to do, how to do, with whom to do, and so on. So these factors, uh, to what extent can the coach help by inviting and moving the client forward to look at all these factors and develop an action plan as it were. Then the sixth sub-competency is partnering with the client to summarize the learning and insight within as well as between the sessions. So at each time, when the client is, we are about to conclude the session, it's very important to get the client to summarize and put together for the client to connect the dots and to help the coach as well to connect the dots, not only in that particular session, but with what has happened in the previous sessions and how I'm going to move forward. So that entire process, if the client is able to do, it's going to be of great value for the client to be able to anchor whatever the insights that they have into new actions and into a new habit that would stay with them, that they're able to sustain uh, that uh, movement forward in a, in a very meaningful way. And the seventh sub-competency is for the coach to celebrate the client's progress and successes. It's extremely important, appreciating to acknowledge the client that the coach would have done anyway right through the process. But each time when the client ends, in the right in the beginning, in the agreement section, um, there was a point which talked about honoring uh, the coaching conversation and honoring the client. And the coach, in this particular case, would like to end uh, the session in essentially saying how well the client has progressed. Very authentically, it's not just for the sake of uh, saying something to make the client feel good, but also ask the client to self-validate in terms of for them to realize what they have done, how well they have done, and to be able to express it, which makes a huge difference in terms of building the self-confidence of the client to further empower them and move forward. And lastly, to partner with the client to close the session in a meaningful way. The closing the session would probably also include, okay, this is what we have achieved in the session, and when would the next session likely to be? What would you like to uh, bring from here into 
the period intervening from now to the next session and what is it that you may like to do in that session. Perhaps something of that sort can also be discussed so that there's a continuity. It's a segue process between now in this session and to the next session. This whole process would, uh, if followed in this way that the ICF competencies are framed, would make the, uh, the coaching process far more effective than without this framework. To download a copy of the new ICF core coaching competencies, please follow the link in your show notes. See you next time.